0: How's it going, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Arm Scholar Podcast. Um, First and foremost, before we start this, I just want to thank everybody who's been watching the podcast, been listening to the podcast more. Um, Really, it's a listening podcast. Um, But the response to the podcast has been better than I could have ever expected. I think the last podcast we put out got almost like um, 35,000 views or something like that over on the second YouTube channel and many more listens and views over on the... um, audio versions of Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So first and foremost, I just wanted to thank everybody for all of your support, for supporting this type of content. Um, I was hesitant for a while to do this type of thing, to do a podcast, but a lot of you had called for a podcast and um, you all were right. You guys enjoy this type of content and so I will keep doing it. Um, So yeah, with that out of the way, um, the thing that I want to talk about in this podcast and the topic of this one is going to be the recent events in California. I'll, I'll leave it as vague as that, um, the recent ev- events that happened in in California and some of the responses that have come out, obviously, in reaction to that from people like the uh, LA County Sheriff um, and Gavin Newsom and just other political talking heads talking about California gun laws and how we need more gun control in the state of California and nationally to stop these types of events and how they need to institute more gun control, more gun control, more gun control, because that is always their answer. Despite the fact that California has, according to like Giffords and every town and all of those anti-gun organizations. It has like the best gun control rating out of almost any state, probably only behind like New York and New Jersey. So even despite all that, they are still calling for more more gun control. And there's been a lot of lies, obviously, that have been perpetuated by individuals on the left and the anti-gun groups talking about California gun laws and, and things of that nature. So. Really, this podcast is going to be me just kind of ranting about the realities of what we face in California, um, because I am a resident of California. I was born and raised in California. I am a two-way advocate in California. I am part of various organizations that advocate for two-way rights in California, and that's really what my channel originally grew up on um, and was kind of formed on was California gun rights and trying to educate people on gun rights and help people navigate through California gun laws. So, um, I just kind of want to go through this. It's probably going to be a little bit more stream of consciousness talking about these various talking points that have come up now in reaction to the events in California. Um, so yeah, let's just kind of dig into this first. Now, if you guys aren't aware, there was an event that took place and uh, really, what I'm going to just talk about is the firearm that was used and because really that's one of the main talking points that's getting brought up a lot. And the first <laughs> response to this was. The L.A. County Sheriff calling the firearm that was used an assault pistol, Um, which isn't a thing. You know, I'm I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys, but an assault pistol is not a real thing. Um, An assault rifle really is a thing in some context, but not in the way that the left always uses it. There are certain like foreign made firearms that like in the German language are actually like nomenclatured as assault rifles, but not in the way that California uses them. The left uses them, the anti-gun organizations use them. And really there is no such thing as an assault weapon either. Um, sometimes you will hear me and in this podcast. Also, you'll hear me refer to assault weapons and assault weapons bans, but really that is because I'm referencing legal definitions. Um, California, actually has laws on the books which legally define specific firearms as an assault weapon now nowhere in the state of california and nowhere in federal law or any other state law is there a definition of an assault pistol Um, a lot of states like california have an assault weapon Um, for example under california penal code 30515 That's where you will find definitions of what an assault weapon or a so-called assault weapon is in the state of california so if you're ever curious about where that is legally defined in california that's the penal code you would go to is 30515 now within 30515 you will find a specific definition for pistols and when certain pistols in certain configurations are in fact deemed to be legally defined to be assault weapons but There is no such thing as an assault pistol. So this was this weird discussion that popped up all of a sudden after these events where then all of a sudden you had the LA County Sheriff and you had other media groups and other people on the left calling for like assault pistol bands and calling the, the item used an assault pistol and what it was, it was a Mac 10. Um, and we'll go a little bit deeper into the firearm that was used and the configuration it was used because it violated pretty much every single gun control law. But, you know, I thought California's gun control laws were supposed to stop this type of activity, but you know, he violated countless California laws when, you know, shocker criminals are not going to follow the law. The only thing that the law actually affects is us, the law abiding citizens and residents in California who actually are following these laws and are subject to these laws. Criminals aren't going to follow them. So they were saying he had an assault pistol, but it was a Mac 10. Now let's dig a little bit deeper into like, so first and foremost, there was a magazine that was used that was more than 10 rounds. So just right there alone, you have California's laws, um, uh, which ban certain types of magazines, magazines that hold more than 10 rounds are typically banned within the state of California with some caveats. Um, so the state of California has a magazine capacity. There were some grandfather magazines where if you were in possession of magazines before specific dates, they were grandfathered in before prop 63 went into effect. Um, and then you also had, um, the state of California tried to go in retroactively after the fact and say that they even wanted to ban those grandfathered magazines, which is part of litigation right now in the Duncan V. Bonta case. Now, you've had judges already in the state of California on a few occasions say that California's magazine ban is indeed unconstitutional because it violates constitutional rights. It is clear overreach by the state of California. They are banning a arm, you know, a common arm for that is used by law abiding individuals for lawful purposes. And that the second amendment clearly would not permit that type of restriction. It violates the text history and tradition of the second amendment. Um, so that is currently part of litigation right now. It's back in the hands of judge Benitez where, you know, they are battling the 10 round magazine capacity laws in the state of California. Um, and despite all that, despite there being laws on the books in the state of California, the magazines that were used, in this event were more than 10 rounds. So there's one violation right there where California's gun control laws didn't stop this criminal. I thought they were supposed to stop these criminals. That is the public interest that they put forward for why they needed magazine restrictions was because they wanted to stop these types of events. Um, One of the arguments that you also saw pop up quite a bit in the litigation that the state of California put forward of why they needed a magazine restriction was because events like this, they wanted the individuals to have to reload more. And they said maybe that would uh, prevent less casualties and would save more lives. So they put forward that argument. And then there was also a lot of, a lot of people don't know this, and I've heard some people kind of talking uh, generally about you know magazine capacities in relation to California and this specific event. And um, you know where is that limit for California? When are they gonna say what magazine capacity is sufficient enough? Um, and in fact, if you look at some of the Duncan v. Bonta hearings, um, this is interesting. I believe it was before the en banc panel, there were arguments and there was question by some of those judges where they asked that very question of the state of California's representative, like at what point is the restriction enough? At what capacity would it be sufficient enough for the state of California? And they kind of walked it back with like, you know, would it be 10? Is it five? Is it? four, three, two, one, what is it? And the state of California put forward some statistics about, you know, the average person only needs two rounds to defend themselves. Um, and so the state of California's position is that you really only need two rounds. And then some of the judges pressed the state of California's attorney being saying, well, does that mean you only need one round magazine and one in the chamber? Um, and they found that that being very, questionable if the state of California would even present that type of argument And the state of California almost said yes but they're not really going to determine that right now they're, they weren't arguing that in that case because it deals with the 10 round magazine restriction in the state of California so then they kind of we weaseled their way out of having to answer that question about what capacity they really are arguing for but really what they said is maybe two, maybe one round in a magazine and then one in the chamber is really what California's attorney's representation was. And really, I, I, don't, I don't find that unlikely that that is truly California's position or a lot of these anti-gunners in the state of California. I think that they would like to make these firearms as useless as possible for us law-abiding individuals. They want to make the magazine restrictions so severe that it would likely look like maybe you could have one round in a magazine. Um, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And those types of arguments have popped up, like I said, even in the Duncan case, but regardless of all that, of all this discussion, the magazine that was used in this event was more than 10 rounds would be potentially unlawful in the state of California. So there's that violation alone right there. Um, even on top of California's 10 round magazine, you have California's handgun roster where you can only purchase specific handguns, which are on the, uh, unsafe handgun act, uh, or through the unsafe handgun act that is on the specific roster that you can purchase because they are deemed safe by the state of California. Again, that's part of various litigation right now in the state of California with like the Renna case and the Bolin case. Um, but even in California, we have a handgun roster, which restricts these things. Then we have the 10 day waiting period where people would have to go through a 10 day waiting period before you can actually take possession of any firearms that you're purchasing. And oh yeah, on this uh, firearm that this individual used, he also had a suppressor. And it looked actually like maybe a suppressor that he made himself. which would violate federal laws because I doubt he filed the appropriate ATF forms uh, for that. But also he's a California resident. And in the state of California, we have a ban on the possession of NFA items by just normal residents like me and you. You know, if someone has an FFL, SOT or whatever in the state of California, they can get around some of those things. But for the average resident, like, no, you can't have an NFA item, um, which this individual used. Um, He used a suppressor used a a self-made suppressor, um, which was a violation of federal law and the state of California law, but that didn't stop him at all. Um, and then also we have the California assault weapons ban. So the firearm he used on the event was a classification of a so-called assault weapon in the state of California would actually be a violation of California penal code 30515. You know, it was a, it was a pistol, semi-automatic pistol, had a magazine in it that was more than 10 rounds, uh, threaded barrel, even had a suppressor on it, all these items. And yet still, again, I'm just going through all these laws because, again, there's a narrative out there that California and other states need more gun laws. But we, in for example, in California, already have hundreds and thousands of laws. I, I remember once I saw in a lawsuit where they actually stated how many gun control laws are in California. Um, I don't remember the number, but I want to say it was like, 14,000 like gun control laws in California. We have all these laws. A lot of these laws specifically cover the firearm or directly cover the firearm that was used in this event. And none of that stopped any of this didn't stop the crime at all. And that's what us on the two way side have been stating for so long is that none of these gun control laws actually will stop this conduct. The reality is, which a lot of the people on the anti-gun side don't want to acknowledge is that and this is something I talk about all the time with like friends and family and, and just other people in the gun spaces that the reality is there are evil people in this world and you can't legislate away evil legislation really is just a reaction to the evil in which takes place and it is a punishment for that evil but you can't legislate away evil evil and this you you know based on your faith or whatever you know i i am a religious individual and so you know i have my own um, beliefs about why that is but evil has been in existence from the beginning of humanity um for the most part and you can't legislate that away and these laws in the state of california you know, failed in the reactions of California and Gavin Newsom and the politicians and the anti-gun groups are always failing to recognize that no matter how many laws that they put on the books, how much gun control they passed, it will never actually do away with that human condition, which is evil. Evil people will find a way and we've seen that they will find a way no matter what they will use whatever instrument they need to engage in that evil conduct. Um, And they will directly break the laws um, to engage in that conduct. Again, all these various laws that I just went through in the state of California were supposed to allegedly, according to California and Newsom, the legislator in California, stop this type of conduct. But it didn't. And their only solution, again, like it always is, is to just throw more gun control at this issue. Now, there might be ulterior motives for that, you know. Sometimes my argument is it's not necessarily about what they are saying it's about. It's not necessarily about actually stopping the conduct in question, but more about gaining power. The government always is wanting to incrementally gain more power over the individuals which are supposed to be under their protection. Um, But, you know, California, I think, uses all these instants every single time to try to incrementally gain more, more control over California residents. And, you know, that's my opinion. That's why you always hear these d- narratives come out after these events where we need more, 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 more. It's always something else, even though a lot of the times, like, for example, Newsom came out and talked about how this was a blank pact. And it's, it's interesting that that is the narrative he is throwing out there. And he's saying that we need to ban Um, Because of this, we need to ban these, he called them clips, which always like, I'm sure you guys also on, you know, where it's two way advocates and myself, every time I hear a politician or someone on the left or an anti-gunner call magazines, a clip, it just hurts my soul. Um, It just, I cringe. It just, it it just hurts me. Um, But he's saying, you know, we need to ban these clips. There's no reason why anybody should have them. But, you know, he fails to recognize that the state of California already has a magazine ban and it's had a magazine ban and it didn't do anything and it never does anything. All it does is restrict the individuals, the law abiding individuals from being able to protect themselves, which again is a really interesting thing that came out of this event. You know, you had the individual who stopped the person perpetrating the crime and he had to use just his bare hands to stop this individual. And you're seeing a lot of praise from Newsom in people on the anti-gun side praising this individual, which yes, he should absolutely be praised for stopping the shooter, absolutely. Um, but it's always interesting too when you have someone like maybe a CCW holder who stops someone engaging in this type of conduct usually stops him a lot faster. You don't see Newsom praising them. You don't see the anti-gun groups praising that individual. You know, they always a lot of times too they try to actually vilify that in that CCW holder or that person who engaged in the conduct to actually stop the crime from happening. A lot of times then they try to like say, oh, this person was maybe carrying in an area they shouldn't have been, or um, maybe they weren't doing it in the appropriate way or whatever. And then they try to even try to push prosecution of that person. So it's just always interesting to see how the narratives play out with these types of things, how, you know, they will mesh some of the facts in the way that benefits them the bo- most to benefit their narrative And like I said, ultimately, I think a lot of that is so that they can then push a certain agenda to gain more power, whatever they want over their residents, pass more gun control, um, pass more national legislation or push for national legislation. You had Newsom also come out and say, like, we need national laws that ban these types of items. But this was a state issue where the state had various laws that should have prevented this, didn't. And then you're going to come out and say, well, we need national laws. And it's logically makes absolutely no sense. It's and a lot of times I just, I I really, and I don't know about you guys, maybe you guys can let me know. I just sometimes wonder if they are just dumb or, or if they really just believe this stuff that they're saying, because it just makes no logical sense. How could someone make an argument like that, knowing that the state laws are in place, didn't stop this event. And then claim that we need something like this at those types of laws at a national level when this was a state-specific incident wasn't stopped by the state laws but then you're going to push for those same laws that didn't stop it at a national level and and you know i don't know about you guys maybe you you agree with me that maybe they're just dumb um you know sometimes i think they're dumb a lot of times like i said i just think it's a grab for power because they're just trying to push whatever agenda they can push whatever never they can to then also get something done at a national level. But that was a, that was an interesting thing when you saw Newsom like praising this individual. And you know, my position on that is yes, that individual obviously like, you know, did a very noble thing in stopping a crime and, and saving lives and all that stuff. But maybe he would have been more efficient also if he had a CCW license. Um, you know, this took place in this LA County. I don't, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the person who, you know, stopped the, the crime from happening, but you know, maybe he wanted a CCW. Maybe he, did. he even had a CCW. I'm not sure, but you know, the odds are, especially with it being in LA County, LA County has been one of the hardest places for people to get CCW licenses. Similar to like in the Bay Area as in San Francisco where, you know, you pretty much have to bribe <laughs> the sheriff to be able to get a, uh, a permit. Um, you know, there are some areas around LA like Orange County and San Bernardino and others that are, you know, pro CCW and will issue CCWs. But, you know, typically in the LA area, it's pretty hard to get CCWs, especially when there was the good cause standard that was around that you would have to justify your right to keep and bear arms and you would have to put forward some sort of good cause justification to the law enforcement officer of why you want to carry a handgun for self-defense, which again was ridiculous and was found unconstitutional by the Supreme Court in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. The Supreme Court struck down New York, said other states like California, who had a similar format, couldn't engage in that type of conduct. So the state of California was supposed to pull their good cause requirement, which technically they did. And then they said that they wanted to pass CCW reform similar to how the state of New York did with their response to CCWs with their Concealed Carry Improvement Act, also known as the CCIA, which, again, is part of a ton of litigation right now in various cases by GOA, like in the Antio case and other cases as well, the Gazzola case and um, the Negrelli case and a lot of other cases which are going on right now against the state of New York in the concealed carry response that they passed. California wanted to do the same thing um, because, again, they do not want you to be able to carry a firearm for your self-defense. For whatever motive they have, that is their ultimate goal. They do not want you to be able to have a firearm and they do not want you to be able to carry it for your self-defense. And so a lot of areas like LA County, you know, even though the good cause standard is supposed to be removed from a lot of people are still not getting issued ccws it's a it's taking forever for a lot of people i'm hearing tons of reports from people that you know their ccws are sitting forever um i'm lucky in the area that i'm in california where it tends to be a little bit more of a red area in california which i know it's always interesting when i go on trips with other two-way people and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry know now that I'm, I'm from California. But you know, sometimes they'll like, you know, ask me where I'm from. I'm like, I'm pretty much in one of the only red areas in California. I'm just all around ag and dairy, and you know, so luckily it's not very hard for me to get my CCW. I still have to go through all the same processes. Everybody, the you know, training, the wait time stuff, the classes, all that. You know, no one's exempt from that, pretty much. Um, but at least I. When I go through all the process, I'm almost assured that even though I'm just putting forward like, hey, self-defense, I'm getting my permit. A lot of people, even now, after the good cause requirement has been removed and self-defense should be sufficient, even now, a lot of people are not even getting their CCW permits in the state of California, which is a huge, huge issue. Now, that kind of just goes back to this event. Like, why are we not enabling and why are we not emboldening our residents in California to be able to be armed lawfully to stop these types of events? Because this criminal, again, did not follow any of California's laws. Didn't follow really. Didn't follow any of them, and then committed murder. Um, and maybe we should, instead of saying, "Well, we need to just throw more gun control at this issue," maybe then we should embolden the residents and the law-abiding people to carry. To be trained to defend themselves and others around them because again you can't legislate away crime you can't legislate away that evil I mean, evil people have existed for all of humanity and they will exist for the rest of humanity um, you know again i have my own religious beliefs on you know stuff like that but um you know it's not going to be done away with through legislation like the way Gavin Newsom in the state of California claims that it will um so that's just kind of my rant on that as far as like the CCW process and the kind of the response from Newsom and you know it's 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 interesting that you always have people like Newsom and this is just kind of a interesting talking point too that I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys have discussed with like friends and family how it's always people and politicians like Gavin Newsom saying like you don't need a magazine that holds more than 10 rounds. You don't need an AR-15. You don't need this specific type of handgun. You know, why would anybody need that? Um, all while they are protected by armed guards who carry those specific firearms. And I think it's just this really interesting disconnect from, you know, the political elite, if you want to call them, you know, they just live in such a bubble because they don't really have to worry about that stuff. They are around, and for all of their lives, you know, probably for the last 20 years and for eternity, they're going to be protected by multiple armed guard, armed guards and people who also are wearing body armor and people, you know, in armed vehicles. And they don't ever really have to worry about that stuff. But the average person like me and you, we have to worry about our protection. We have to worry about our family's protection and we have to worry about in the worst case scenario. Yes, you can call the police, but you know, average response time is what, like two minutes or something like that, three minutes, probably longer than that. Um, so you are responsible for your own protection and your family's own protection. You know, they just don't understand that. And they don't understand why that would then propel us, you know, to want to have the best means possible to protect ourselves, the best firearms that we want to protect ourselves, the magazines we want to protect ourselves or whatever, you know, rifles or whatever, um, including body armor right now, the state of California is trying to pass a bill called AB 92, which is a potential ban on the sale and purchase of body armor. Essentially what it will do is it will make it so that uh, stores, retailers, manufacturers, whoever cannot sell body armor to the average resident in the state of California. They can only sell them to law enforcement, which, you know, if you really think about that, that's absolutely ridiculous. Even passive defense they are now trying to do away with in a state like California. A lot of people, you know, never maybe thought that there would be a body armor ban. But, you know, California is trying to introduce a body armor ban. And really, it ultimately will lead to a ban because even though right now it's just a sale and purchase restriction, and maybe they will grandfather in specific body armor that you already possess. Like I have various plates and plate carriers and body armor already that I've purchased, but a lot of those items don't last forever. And yeah, maybe they're, you know, some of those have expiration dates as far as like the actual plates themselves. So, you know, and also new technology comes out that maybe I would want, but you would be prevented from being able to acquire new, any new items. And also, you are restricted from being able to transfer them to anyone else. So yeah, you have these items grandfathered for yourself, but you know, you can only keep them for yourself. And it's similar to like the grandfathering of magazines. Like that was pretty much a ban. What they want to do is they want to freeze the possession to a specific time to specific people. And then eventually, because there is a purchase and sale restriction, eventually those items that are already possessed will get whittled away will be done away with, will, you know, in the case of body armor will expire as far as usefulness, new technologies will make them irrelevant. And then people, it'll be a possession ban. People won't be able, won't have any more and people won't be able to purchase or acquire anymore. Or they will also do something similar to what they did with magazines where they say, yes, we'll grandfather in the possession of this item. And then five years down the road, introduce a new piece of legislation saying that they need to close that loophole. Even though it's not a loophole because they said that they were going to grandfather it in, but then they all of a sudden say it's a loophole that they need to close and then they need to go back retroactively and ban that item. So even the state of California, they're so aggressive in banning body armor and even people like Newsom, you know, who has multiple armed guards around him um, wearing body armor is pushing for legislation like that. It just shows you this very interesting disconnect between the political elite and us, the average residents who want to engage in lawful conduct to protect ourselves and our families. Um, So, and also this also, I want to rant a little bit on this. The thing that really bugs me too about this narrative, there's a ton of things that bug me when all this stuff happens you start hearing, you know, Newsom come out and Diane Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi or whoever start to push their narrative and their talking points, but it's always like those us on the two way side, us firearms owners, the firearms industry, you know, we don't care about lives is their argument. You know, we don't want to save lives. They're the only ones that want to save lives. It's like, no, we all agree that these incidents are completely egregious, that they are criminal. And in my opinion, you know, they should grab that individual and just take him off of the earth. Um, in the nicest terms possible. Um, you know, their, their approach would be, especially in California, um, is to just let him sit in jail for all his eternity, uh, for all his life. And, you know, yeah, maybe they'll give him the death penalty, but they will never actually execute the individual and he'll sit in, in California state prisons where they give him every single thing this individual could possibly want as far as, you know, having top ramen and hohos and TV and cable and, you know, law library and normal library, internet access, you know, gets to live this cushy life, although it's in jail um, and will never actually be executed for his crimes. Again, that's another rant as far as like the real issue that we have in California is also with our judicial system and our prison system about how California is so lenient on individuals and never actually truly punish these individuals for the crime that they engage in. So, know that's a rant within itself and you know i'm very passionate about that because my father you know was a correctional officer for 20 years and he was kind of old school correctional officer and came up during a time when they would actually um you know punish people who engaged in these types of crimes and then there was this shift in california where the criminal system and the correction system You know, gives them so much leeway and now they get better medical than, you know, people who are actually out on the street, you know, out in public. They get better medical, better dental, um, you know, they can get, you know, more books, more, you know, whatever they really want. And then if they don't get it, then they sue the state of California in lawsuits. And then the state of California settles these lawsuits and gives them money that they then put on their books and buy, you know, treats and candies and stuff for them while they're supposed to be in jail serving time because they murdered people. Um, so yeah, complete rant. I don't, yeah, that's, that's a rant. And you can see like, I, that's a whole another issue. Maybe one day I'll go into an actual podcast on that. But like I said, I have my own personal beliefs as far as that, but it's always interesting, like how these narratives get wrapped up, um, as far as what talking points they put out there and how they say, like, we don't care about saving lives. And obviously we do care about saving lives. Um, you know, but we also, think we go we go about it a completely different way we say arm let the law-abiding people be able to defend themselves to stop these incidents to stop the evil person to save their lives and others um but they say that we don't care about lives because we have that position and it just again it's very disingenuous and they always want to say that you know you know there's that classic you know pierce morgan versus ben shapiro ben shapiro arguments where they you know pierce morgan you know is Ben Shapiro said that Pierce Morgan is always like standing on the graves of people of like, you know, various events, which a lot of people, that's the tactic of a lot of people on the anti-gun side and the left is they do say, you know, this horrible incident happened. You are still advocating for gun rights. Therefore, you don't care about all these, you know, people who lost their lives. And that's just not true at all. You know, we all care about that you know, we just have a different solution. And specifically in the state of California, we have played by their solutions for years and generations. California has some of the strictest gun control laws out of any state in the U S and it's solved nothing. So at what point do we then say, like, try it our way. Let's try it the constitutional way. Let's try it the two way way. Let's try it where people are actually able to defend themselves and we acknowledge that evil exists out there and we prepare people to be able to defend themselves against that evil and protect themselves and their families against that evil. And if that evil also is ever perpetrated and that criminal is then arrested, prosecuted, and ends up in jail, let's actually handle our business on the judicial side and the correction side and actually set an example to where If you engage in this conduct, you will see serious consequences, not that you will sit in a jail cell eating candy for the next 50 to 60 years until you become an old man and or an old woman. And you still get all amazing medical and dental and TV and cable and all that stuff Um, again, a rant. But, you know, maybe that's a way we can actually um, address some of these issues. Let's be a little bit more holistic about this and, and recognize the evils that exist out there. Um, But that's just kind of my position on it. Now, like I said, it's just interesting too with the narratives of the assault pistol. Again, assault pistol is not a thing. It's a made up term that I'm sure now you will see get walked out a ton. Um, It's probably going to start popping up even more and more. Um, Wouldn't even be surprised if then you saw it pop up into like California's Uh, legislation at some point, even though we have, you know, the ban on so-called assault weapons that already addressed assault style, um, there, you know, we have the California assault weapon ban that already includes pistols as so-called assault weapons. But now we just are trying to throw out new narratives, new terms that are scary and scare people. And, uh, it's just, again, it's always frustrating. And this is one of those things like, I don't necessarily always like talking about it on the channel because again, it gets a little bit ranty and preachy. Um, and like you said, this is more of like my stream of consciousness, a little bit different than what i like to do on the channel. But again, this is something I'm passionate about because, you know, I am a California resident. I am with a lot of people in California as far as gun owners who live under all of these strict laws. And then something like this happens. And then we have our governor or I didn't vote for him and no one I know voted for him. Um, but then the governor comes out, and start saying, well, we need more gun control. And also we need this type of gun control across the nation. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you saying? Do you actually believe this? Um, you know, and that's also another issue is it's hard. I, mean, I talk to a lot of people who aren't in California and I reach a lot of people that are in California. And in a lot of my videos that are California specific, a lot of people tell me in the comment sections and I see it all the time. Like, I don't want to watch this video. I don't care about this. California is dumb. It doesn't impact me you know, do other videos. And the reality is it does impact you, you know, what happens in California in some of these other States. And I know you hear it all the time, but it bleeds into other States. And some people for the longest time would say, well, not in my state, but over this last year alone, we've seen plenty of States have these types of laws bleed into their, you know, their norms. You had, Washington passed a magazine ban similar to how California did with the grandfathering and all that stuff. So Washington introduced a magazine ban. Then you had Illinois, you know, what happened there? Passed an assault weapons ban similar to California. And then you had Michigan introduce a ban on assault weapons. Then you have Colorado introduce things as well. So you're seeing it slowly take place in all these states. And I actually think that's also a response more to. Um, not only what some of these other states are doing, but because of how the Supreme Court recently ruled in Bruin, now you're seeing some of these states be even more more aggressive and defying in introducing these bills because you know maybe they think at a federal level they won't get these things done, so they're going to just try to do it at a state level, and they're almost challenging the Supreme Court to see how, how engaged the Supreme Court's really going to be. In um, a, a lot of these things, too, it's, it's interesting because you're seeing these states have to put forward arguments for these restrictions that they've never had to before. Before, for example, in California, almost all of their laws were based on public interest arguments. Uh, I know for the longest time, for example, for magazine bans, they would say we need to restrict magazine capacity because it will stop more of these events. It causes, you know, the individual to have to reload more. And so that will save more lives or the 10-day waiting period. You know, we need it for cooling off or the handgun roster because these specific handguns are so dangerous. We need these types of restrictions or these types of mechanisms on a handgun and makes them safer or the ban on assault weapons. Like, you know, these types of configurations of firearms are so dangerous, so lethal that we can't have people have them and restricting them will save more lives. You know, those are all public interest arguments. Same thing with like, you know, We don't want people to have NFA items like suppressors or SBRs because those are so much more lethal. Um, we don't want them to have them, and it's going to save more lives. Those are all public interest arguments, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard me talk about in videos, but those types of public interest arguments no longer work. You no longer can present those types of public interest arguments. You're not supposed to, not for a rationale for gun restrictions like we have now, Um, across the u.s and various states you know the supreme court said you have the government has to justify their restrictions using text history and tradition Um, the two-step approach of saying you know does this impact the text of the second amendment or does this impact the second amendment and if it does then you go through tiered scrutiny and often they would use intermediate scrutiny which really ended up being just a public interest argument like we are doing this because it's going to save lives or we need to do this because it makes these items less lethal that's what states like California used to do for the longest time. But Supreme court said, you know, those public interest arguments are no longer valid. And so now you're seeing States and um, attorney generals representing these States having to come up with interesting arguments oftentimes um, because they have to justify it using text history and tradition. They're even using um, very discriminatory historical evidence to justify their restrictions Um, Which that's a whole other discussion itself, but it's always interesting when you see a state like California put forward historical arguments saying that their current ban on an item, for example, like magazines, is justified because there was this discriminatory law back in, in the history of the U.S. that targeted specific groups and banned them from being able to acquire firearms or whatnot. And therefore that is a justification for what they're doing now. It's always interesting when you see that type of stuff. And, and it's just interesting that now that's what states like California are having to result to, and other states are having to result to. So, you know, that's just kind of a, a rant on what the situation in California and just extreme of consciousness. My, I just thought I would sit down and just ramble on about my reaction to the California stuff and the narrative and talking points that come out in regards to what's happening in California. And it happens every time when you see it happen, you know, with stuff like when, you know, you had instance in Uvalde or Buffalo or, or whatever, you hear these narratives play out. And a lot of times they're just so disingenuous, you know, especially when it comes to California, because California always argues for more gun control. When we have every single law you could even envision, you know, and we live ever under every single gun control law that these people have ever wanted. They get them passed. You know they're probably going to try to even pass the you know new concealed carry law, um, similar to how New York did, and they probably will get it passed. Um, but you know they have everything that they could ever want, and their only solution for these situations is more, and then blaming us. You know, blaming us. It's it's our fault. You know, we're the ones. You know, as gun owner gun owners or two-way advocates, it's our fault. We're the ones that are in the way. Um, so you know, again, just my stream of consciousness. I thought this would be maybe a little bit interesting, a little bit more ranty, a little less, you know, deep dive into the legal weeds of things, uh, just a little bit more of my opinion. If you guys have any other topics that you would like me to address, um, anything specific that you're interested in, let me know down in the comment section. If you're listening over on Apple podcasts or Spotify, um, I would greatly appreciate it. If you left me a review, Um, the five-star reviews or the, the reviews on there actually helps the algorithm over on those audio only platforms. And also if you're listening to this over on the second YouTube channel, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribe to the channel. Um, it actually does help the channel to grow. It signals to the algorithm that, you know, there's traction over here and it helps to push the podcast out to more people. And also I just wanted to make sure I had a base of my audience over on the second channel because it's going to serve as my backup just in case everything, anything ever happened. so I would greatly appreciate it. If you guys liked comment, subscribe, all that stuff on the uh, second channel. And again, if you have any specific topics you want me to address in the podcast, let me know down in the comment section. So yeah, that's just my thoughts on the whole California incident. And uh, you know, there's a lot of good discussion out there right now on the um, you know, internet and YouTube and all that stuff. I think Koleon Noir did a couple of videos on it. I think we're really good. And some other people did some, so go check those out as well. Um, yeah. But thank you guys so much for all of your support. And as always, thank you all for watching and never forget this nation was built arm scholars and this nation will be maintained arm scholars.